Are you wondering how you can learn more about food? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Chakula Podcast, brought to you by the Root to Food Initiative, a show that celebrates authentic Kenyan dishes and serves you hot conversations about food in Kenya from an economic, social, and political lens. Semanasi kwenye social media, at Root to Food on Instagram, at Root to Food on Twitter, and Root to Food on Facebook. And now, here's your host, Felistas Mwalia. Regenerative agriculture is more than a sustainable way to farm. It can heal the damage caused by industrial agriculture and build a food system that's better for people, animals, and the environment. I'm your host, Felistas Mwalia, Project Officer Root to Food Initiative, which is a program of the Hendrik Ball Foundation, Nairobi office. I'm also a member of the Root to Food Alliance. Today, I'll be hosting a very a very interesting person who has done a lot of work when it comes to like healing the soil through her agricultural practices. Yeah, and she's the founder of Hillside Organic Garden, which is a permaculture home garden where they carry out training and practice to people who want to start growing their own food in small spaces and in urban small gardens. Karibu sana to the show, Alice. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. I think to start us off, you have an interest in growing your own food using natural systems, and you also love to inspire people to do the same. What really motivated you to start the journey or to start growing your own food using sustainable practices? At the beginning, the, the motivation for me was healthy food. I just needed to produce healthy food for my family, and I knew the conventional agriculture that is practiced uh, all around the country would not do that. But along the, the way, I also discovered that for you to get healthy food, you have to have healthy soil and, and just having good environment mm-hmm. yeah, of growth for your plants and for your crops so that they can, they can be in the way they are supposed to be, in the purest form mm-hmm. they're supposed to be. So uh, mine was more of a, a healthy, uh, a motivation from health point of view. But then it, it grew mm-hmm. to much more than that. So when I got into it, then that's when I discovered uh, uh, from experience the different things that limit mm-hmm. uh, the production of, of organic food, food that's not uh, uh, in any way produced with chemicals or any other or any form of impurities i discovered the soil is actually the limiting factor especially for me where i grew i grow my production because the soil is so acidic from previous working of it uh, how it was worked before i got there it was quite acidic even at the beginning our production was really 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 difficult oh. yes mm-hmm. because because of the limitations we had the fact that we are dealing with um, very acidic soils the soils that uh, minerals aren't available not that they are not there but because of the the domination of certain minerals others are, sup- are suppressed how i know that is that uh, i deal with red soil red soil is quite um, leached soil because mm-hmm. it's washed away a lot by rain and cleaned uh, of many soluble nutrients so it's predominantly aluminium oxides and and f- uh, iron oxides and all that so you that's why produ- producing using the soil that i had was quite difficult 
Uh, and remember, I wanted to produce without chemicals, mm -hmm. without using of synthetic materials. I just wanted to use natural systems. I realized that to heal the soil, then I must go to those, I must apply those natural systems. And it's not one season, but continuously. Yeah, but along the way, the soil actually moved very well. And, 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 and right now, our production has gone very good. It, it's been a, a journey yeah. of from bad to good. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yes. And I know most people would be very curious Yes, you tried rebuilding the soil, but how did you how did you manage to do that? Building the soil, the soil itself is is very complex mm -hmm. to start with. Because uh, understanding the soil as a farmer, most farmers uh, find it quite difficult to understand the soil and why it's limiting their production. There are no simple solutions to soil fixing. Like it's not a straight line. Like it's not a quick fix. And that's why fertilizers and others don't offer any solution that synthetic fertilizers because they are quick fixes. So it's a process of building, a process of building the soil needs a natural process mm -hmm. whereby application of a lot of organic matter is the, is the secret behind the regener regenerating your soil. Because definitely the soil has minerals. You don't know how many minerals and what minerals they are in total because as I told you, it's very complex. Yeah. So it's, it's not the mineral part that's a problem. It's the organic part that's a problem where you don't have microbes, enough microbial action mm -hmm. in the soil and you don't because you don't have enough organic matter. What I mean by microbial action is that you don't have the microbes or the living part or the living organisms mm -hmm. that live in the soil that are crucial to make the minerals available to plants. For example, even if your soil had so much minerals, those minerals are not in a form that's absorbable by the plants. Because mm -hmm. plants absor absorb simple elements, elemental minerals, then, whereas the minerals in the soil may exist in complex way. What I mean is that they are already in stable form, so they've reacted among themselves and they have formed stable forms, or what we call compounds, if you remember your chemistry. Compound versus elements. Mm -hmm. The elements are, mm -hmm. are charged mm -hmm. and they are, they are unstable. Mm -hmm. Compounds are, are, are formed by combinations of two or three elements that have reacted and now they are stable. Mm -hmm. For example, just a simple, uh, uh, so, uh, simple thing like sodium. Sodium mm -hmm. cannot exist on its own. It will attract another thing so that it becomes like sodium chloride. Mm -hmm. or... So now sodium is the element. Sodium chloride is co compound. compound. So in the soil, mm -hmm. mostly you'll find the minerals are in compound mm -hmm. situation because they are stable, which makes it very complex. Which, which makes, which in that form, mm -hmm. they are not readily available to the plants. So that's why the organic part of the soil, which is actually the issue we have around, is important because the microbes live in the soil. They, they use the organic matter as their feed. But while they're doing that, they, they are able to, to, uh, to break down minerals into simple forms. 
So that's a process they call chelation, mm. where um, uh, because they are, they are absorbing, the, the, the microbes are taking up the nutrients, uh, uh, and, and uh, in the process of that, they're breaking down the bones between the, the compounds and making the, whatever uh, elements to be available to the plants. That's there's a relationship between roots and microbial action mm -hmm. in the soil. And, and that's why healing the soil involves use of organic matter. Organic matter, basically like manure. Manure, yeah. compost, mm -hmm. just everything that comes from living matter decomposition. Okay. Something that was alive and now it's dead, it needs to be decomposed. Yeah or it's already decomposing. Mm -hmm. That is what brings about microbes in the soil. And, and the microbes are very important in that they, they cause the weathering of the rocks in the soil. Mm -hmm. If you think of a stone, a stone is very stable. Nothing grows on it as in it's just there, very stable. But if you put water and you you give it time, microbial action may start, and you find those green mosses, used moss that mm -hmm. grows around. Yeah. And you give that rock time, 10 years down the line, it's, it's very soft and it's breaking down. Mm -hmm. That's the power of microbes. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need them in the soil. That's the organic, the living or the organic part of the soil because soil is not only inorganic, yeah. like we have always thought. Soil is not just non-living things. Yeah. The stone, the minerals that are coming from stones that have been weathered, no. Soil should be, healthy soil should have organic living part, where you have microbes, you have worms, you have living creatures yeah. inside the soil. That's a healthy soil. Yeah. Actually, you've mentioned very interesting insights about the soil and how you as a farmer trying to heal the soil, how you use organic matter. Yes. But I'm trying to imagine someone who has like a big piece of land, a large scale farmer who's trying to unlearn, who's trying to unlearn from conventional agriculture. Yeah. Maybe he or she is trying to ask himself or herself, what if I try and do this in a large piece of land? Is it realistic? Because there's always, always that argument that this can, this cannot be done in a large, in a large piece of land. Yeah, I, and that argument is what has made organic agriculture, and that argument has always been the one that has prevented the growth of regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's believed that it cannot be done in large scale. Maybe one question that has just kept my mind. Yeah. Yes, you're talking about large scale, and most of our farmers are actually small scale farmers. Yes, I know the fact that you're talking a lot about large scale, I'm just thinking in my head, is even large scale, is it what we really need going forward? Yeah, okay, uh -huh. let me answer it in both ways. Mm -hmm. And I will start with the first perspective, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it's, it's, it's this application of organic matter seems like a very hard task to do on large scale. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has been a belief. And that's the belief that has made organic agriculture not to progress very well. Because the farmers who would take it, the large scale farmers who have the resources and all that, and the land, mm -hmm. chunks of land, yeah. mm -hmm. have that idea. It cannot be done. Mm -hmm. uh, that may be true or in one sense, but I don't think it's, it's, it should be the truth because there's a, there are many ways 
that that uh, you can develop organic matters. The issue is time. How quick are you looking at it? Because you see, with organ with the kind of conventional agriculture and uh, that's being practiced and the production every season. What, uh, needing to be high every season. That's why they use quick fix. It's very easy to apply uh, uh, fertilizer using a tractor or acres and acres of land. In, in a few days, you've done it and you've, you've applied fertilizer on your plants. You may not have the same amount of manure to mm -hmm. do the same. But there, there are many ways that it can be done. Is, uh, as I, uh, I told you earlier, there's centropic agriculture that's uh, becoming very, very popular, that's applicable in large scale. This is working with trees. Because mm -hmm. as, uh, as, as I've told you, healing soil and working with soil, the main part that we need to act on is the organic part of the soil, the living soil. And, and uh, for you to do that, you either have to get compost or manure. So that means you have to have animals. That's why uh, organic production is, is, a, is a, it must include animals. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it just plants alone. You have to have an integrated system. So now, probably you may not have adequate use of animals, but there are you can use trees. And that's what they're doing these days. Uh, that's what Syntropic Agriculture does. Using really, trees. Is it, is it, what is it? Syntropic. is also, is it part of agroecology? It is, it embraces both, uh, pre -agri uh, both ecological principles, mm -hmm. like layering, mm -hmm. making, that's an ecological principle. It embraces regeneration principles. So it's, it's more of, a regenerative agriculture system than conventional. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, because it, it's, it applies use of trees and understanding to use uh, trees that are pioneers like bananas and all that, ah. so that they are quick growing trees and then you're able to chop them and you not chop, uh, what, um, prune. You're able to use the prunings as mulching. So uh -huh. when you mulch, it's almost like you're compo you applying compost to the soil because that's living matter that will encourage microbial action. Uh -huh. uh, as it decomposes, the microbes will have, uh, will, will have the food they need and they will be active. So you see now it has brought in the living part of, of the soil by the fact that you're able to chop, uh, to prune the trees and lay down the prunings mm. as mulching, as mulch. So you, you start with pioneer trees that are very fast growing, that are able to mine, mine the soil. After mining the soil and all the process of, of, of photosynthesis, because the, 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 the pioneer plants are able to produce heavy, leafy material. Mm -hmm. That now you can apply as your as your mulch, and with that mulch, uh, microbial action is encouraged in the soil. That way, the soil heals. It's a process. It's not a fix. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. It's a process, but a process that really pays in the future. It's a long-term look. So. Coming back to the question of whether do we even need large-scale mm -hmm. farming in this, for a country like Kenya, most of our production, actually over 70%, is with small-scale farmers. 
So that's why I feel it's the regenerative agriculture is the way to go because it's possible in that we have small scale farmers predominantly. Yeah. So we don't have that problem so much of can it be applied in large scale? And even if we, we have a, some large scale farming, it's still possible, as mm -hmm. I've told you. Yeah. But let's look at this small scale farmer. I produce in a quarter acre myself. And I'm sure most of the farmers that are small, we call small scale are people with 10 acres and less. And they are the, the majority. Most of our production here in Kenya is done by those people. So that's where we can actually promote it very much yeah. because mm -hmm. the capacity of doing it is there. So for us, we are on a quarter acre and we live there, so we don't farm like the whole. Yeah. So let's talk about us just doing half of that or three quarter of that. We use, that's what we use to grow. And you get like enough enough to feed you and your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, it is possible. Be what we've done is that we've got chicken, mm -hmm. we've got rabbits, and we've got worms, and we've got bees. Okay. Those are our livestock. Yeah. Worms from the compost? Worm, worm what we call vermiculture. It's, it's, you grow worms, you feed them, and they produce fertilizer for you. So how they do that is that you feed them with um, kitchen scraps, that's what we do. Kitchen scraps, fruit, peels. Sometimes I even collect from the road, from the roadside people the peels, the fruit ah. peels. Mm -hmm. When we take the peels to the worms, they multiply quite, quite good. Then what they do is they, they, you collect the water the, the the warm juice, warm we juice. call it warm juice, yeah. uh -huh. and that you use for your foliar feeding your plants. It's it's high in nitrogen because the the worms they they are after feeding on the sugars that are in the in the peels and in the food scraps. Mm -hmm. Those sugars are mostly produced by bacteria. So there's a relationship between not bacteria, microbes, microbes, worms, and then. Uh, the worms are able to give whatever uh, defecation the worms do, it goes in solution with the water that you are providing mm -hmm. because you have to keep the environment warm, uh, uh, um, not warm, moist. Then that water carries those nutrients and you're able to collect that water and use it as, okay. as fertilizer. Mm -hmm. As foliar feed, mm -hmm. you spray it on your plant. It both protects them from pests and it also boosts them. Yeah, actually, now that you've mentioned about pests, and you know the most curious question, and most of the times I hear farmers saying, yes, we can do, we can practice, we can practice growing without, without fertilizers, we can, we can practice, we can grow our food sustainably, but when it comes to pests, that's where the problem is. Yes. How, how have you been able to manage pests in your farm? Yeah, it's a question of managing. Mm -hmm. It's not a question of eradication because you cannot for sure uh, avoid mm -hmm. pests. The issue here is more of, if you look at it ecologically, the pests have their, even pests have their, what we call a niche. What they, it's a niche is an ecological principle that mm -hmm. means uh, every animal has its best conditions where it thrives. Uh -huh. Every plant the same. Like 
there are plants that will do very well in certain conditions and not do very well in other conditions. And that's why we have things like adaptation. What I mean is that even the pests themselves have ideals where they are best, they, f they do very well. And that's why when you do something like diversification, which we do in our garden a lot, you don't grow the same thing continuously for a long time, for, for a big piece of land, mm -hmm. as in what we call mono, mono growing. Mm -hmm. You don't do mono growing because once a pest favors mm -hmm. one certain plant, it will love that plant and that's what it will eat. So you'll suffer losses, quite a bit of losses. But if you diversify, first you confuse the pest because it's not just going to find whatever it enjoys. Ah. So there's different thing, different communication that is getting from different plants mm -hmm. in terms of the smell, this I don't like, this, this. You know, even the aroma coming from the different plants, because some plants have aromas, others don't have. There's different communication going in that garden to that pest that it, it's not thriving the way it would thrive if it only had its food mm -hmm. and what it prefers. So diversification is one great thing that helps intercropping different types of crops because crops live in communities also. Mm -hmm. They want, they, and in associations, we call them communities and associations. Mm -hmm. So they love being together, but not only of the same kind, diversification, because they, they complement each other. I don't know if I'm yeah, yeah, putting making, it in yeah. very... Uh, yeah, they complement the plants mm -hmm. themselves. They, they complement each other. This one offers shade to this one because this one is nitrogen fixing. This one offers support when it, this needs to wind yeah. and over and vines. And, and it covers the soil for this one, so pr protects moisture for this one. So you, you, there's that complementality that works when plants are planted in diversified way. So that's the main thing that, that helps you with the pests. The other thing is nutrition. It's just like us, especially with diseases. Mm -hmm. If you're poorly fed, you are unmalnourished, malnourished, mm -hmm. your immunity goes low. It's, it happens with humans. Yeah. It happens with plants too. If the plants is not able to access the minerals it needs, it will be weak. Okay. And a weak plant means susceptible to diseases. I've had uh -huh. pests in my garden, and, and even now, if you go, it's there's no way to eradicate pests. But there's a way they exist in the environment without causing severe damage. And that's that's what I go for. You see white fry in my garden, yes, but I still get harvests. Oh, wow. you, you will see caterpillars in my garden, yes, but they, I will still get harvest because they won't finish. They will have. They won't cause severe damage because of the fact that it is a balance, an ecological balance in that garden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, at least you're doing you do you're doing an amazing job, and you've mentioned really really interesting insights. Yeah. And at the beginning, I mentioned you train. You also train people on yes. growing food sustainably. Yes. How has the uptake been? Has there been changed? on the people you've been training? Is it also a mixed bag of people who are farmers doing the conventional way and they're trying to unlearn from, from their conventional practices and still new farmers who want to go the regenerative way or the organic way? 
is a mixture of everything. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that get inspired. Yeah. And I, um, I, as I run a WhatsApp group that's really inspiring. Mm -hmm. People have been giving us very good feedbacks of how they're inspired and how the actions they are taking in their gardens and the things they, they are doing. We started with people who did not even have any form of production of any kind of food for themselves. That is, they were totally depending on markets. These days they are doing, they have something coming from their garden, even if it's not small, even if it's just onions and some school yeah. a week. Still good, because that's a journey. The main thing that, that I have seen that's making people slow in uptake of this is just that it feels like hard work at the beginning mm -hmm. without much results. Yeah, without desired result. And most people don't have much patience. So you find that you grow the first season and you have pests and, and your, your production just didn't work. So your, your idea is, this doesn't work. And it's just one season. Or you do two seasons, then you revert to running to the aggravate for this and that. Mm -hmm. Uh, to fix your problems. So because the long-term view is which lacks, it's the one that lacks, and it's the one we are encouraging people to have. Look at it long-term. Look at it. Look, the curve for regenerative agriculture goes like this. I don't know. Oh, now we can show it on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that when I was doing that. <laughs> it, goes, it goes upward and upward. Yeah, uh -huh. The curve for convention growing or just normal agriculture goes up and then comes yeah. down. And then again, you have to go up and again down. Yeah. It's more of, um, for lack of a good example, uh -huh. a drug addict. Mm. He gets a high and all of a sudden he's very high and yeah. hyper and able to do things. Then down. Down. And he has to have another dose mm. to go up. Ooh. So Actually, that that's becomes a their life. Uh -huh. That becomes their life. And it's a, a bondage if you mm. look at it closely. Because mm. they cannot do that without that. Mm. And that's the bondage we get, got ourselves with fertilizers. And I'm talking about the, with this uh, from experience because I've seen farmers near where I come from. Mm -hmm. You can't grow maize without CAN and DAP. No, you can't. It won't produce. So you see, you have to do the high. You have yeah. to, to get the high for you to get a seasonal production. Then after next season, you are again down there. You have to do another high. And there's no way those farmers can can try and like, if they embrace regenerative agriculture, is it easier for them to like get yields when they try that? That's possible, but yeah. they have to look on a long term. And they're not used to that. Mm. They're used to one season, I need maize for the family one season. Because regenerating that, it's like somebody who's never exercised all their lives. Mm -hmm. That's another weird <laughs> example. <laughs> you're overweight, you've never exercised, uh, yeah. and then you wake up one day and say, now I'm exercising, <laughs> and you're running and running, uh -huh. and then what happens? You are sick because yeah. you are, it's not something that you've done. You need time to undo mm -hmm. everything that you have done wrong. Mm. If you've been eating badly, for 10 years, you can't expect to fix that in a, in a week. Yeah, of course. It will take equally, almost equally long time. Mm. And that's where we, the perspective that we lack. 
and I, and I see it a lot with farmers. I, I have told you, I, I started in 2017. Yeah. This 2021, those are four years. This is the only time now, from 2020 to now, I can say, I've got to a level where I'm, my garden is producing without much work. The first one year was work and no returns. Second one year, almost the same. It's like building a business. But it, it ha now has reached a place where I don't even plant. Things plant themselves in my garden. Oh, wow. Yes, in the ideal time and in the ideal conditions. Because yeah. I've put the garden is in a level where it can it can work itself. It's so it's in a prime level. I don't know if you're getting me on that. No, I've actually understood yeah. I've actually <laughs> understood you really well. It's yeah. it's in a prime level. Mm -hmm. Doesn't need a lot of yeah. my support. Mm -hmm. So this is like an athlete who has gone to a level now because they have exercised and trained well. Yeah. They are in a level where they don't need so much to be coached by their coach or support of their coach. Yeah. Or someone who has been on a weight, weight managing journey, and they've reached to a level where now it's no longer strain and yeah. stress. They, it's part of their life. That's where we are. And the same journey happens with regenerating uh, your land. If you're out to regenerate your land, it will definitely pay, but it requires your patience. Yes. Yeah, it will pay, and it will pay big time yeah. because nature has its way of responding mm -hmm. to when it reaches that point where things are now right. It responds. It responds in a in a bountiful way. Yeah. In a bountiful way. In a in a generous way. Yeah, okay. that's the response you get. That things are bountiful now with uh, without much of your support. Okay. That doesn't mean you will still not support the system, but the support goes becoming less and less uncomfortable, uh, less and less comfort uh, uncomfortable to a level where it's more and more uh, routine and possible. We top we top dress our plants every month, and the kind of top dressing we do is very. We, because we produce our compost, it's just mm -hmm. a little compost, a little compost every month. Every month. A on little. top of the crops, basically. Top dressing means uh -huh. just on the top soil because we are feeding the roots that are fibrous. Because we're doing not not just fibrous, but because they are roots that are on the surface. They are not deep roots. So we need to keep providing. Mm. So every month, so basically that's all the work we do. Okay, very interesting, Alice. Yeah. I'm inspired. Yeah. We've now come to the end of the show. Yes. And I know you have, you definitely must have like a parting shot. Yes. To the listeners and, yes. yeah, to the listeners and to me. What's your parting shot as we wrap up the show? I, I would want so many people to do this. Mm -hmm. If everyone did this, every person with a small garden, a quota acre in the city, I don't care where, in the villages, whatever piece of land, and you can start small and grow can start a small section, then move to another section. I would love everyone to do this because if we did this to a large extent or to many by many numbers, we would actually change not just our markets, our, our, our health mm -hmm. and our what we feed on, but we would make food available, not just for us, but also neighbors and uh, so people around us. Healthy food, 
And not only that, we would have better soils, so we would use less inputs, so it's economically efficient, so we would have more more money, <laughs> we wouldn't have to pay so much yeah, yeah. for mm -hmm. fertilizers, mm -hmm. and and we would just have better better environment. I, I, if you look at a picture of my garden from 2017, and you look at it right now, you you see beauty in terms of the environment. Now looks very green, very lush, very good compared to that. Suppose we were doing that, so many of us. This place would look so nice. And it, the, the quality of the soil, the quality of the air, even the rains that we receive, because you know, we uh, as you do this, you're also planting trees. So there are more than just one benefit, which is feeding you healthy foods. Mm -hmm. There's more than just one benefit. And just having to eat healthy food is great enough motivation because we have a lot of cancers, yeah. we have a lot of uh, lifestyle diseases going around. So I would wish everyone did this. And if you're out to regenerate your soils and your garden, we are here to help you. And it's doable. I'm an inspiration. I'm, a, I'm an example of what can be done. Thank you so much, Alice, for your insights. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Yeah, I hope you have been inspired by the words of Alice the same way she has inspired me. Until next time, bye-bye.